Welcome to episode 321 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. Are you a virtual presenter? Your message may not be getting across if you're not providing a thoughtful structure that allows everyone to engage. All too often, traditional event design, particularly in a virtual setting, benefits the loudest, most confident, and most experienced participants. I wrote a book to help you create transformative, inclusive, and engaging online experiences. Break out of boredom, low-tech solutions for highly engaging Zoom events, shares how to use the latest features and online facilitation techniques to structure your events so everyone feels welcomed instead of merely invited. I'm a virtual event design consultant and executive Zoom producer. This book is the culmination of what I've learned supporting organizations over the last three years. If virtual programming is part of your business model, you cannot afford to use skills and settings stuck in 2020. This book will launch on March 13th, 2023. Join the book launch team at robbysamuels.com forward slash breakout launch to receive early access and bonus content, including a free training on this topic on March 1st. Sign up at robbysamuels.com forward slash breakout launch. Now, on to this week's interview. Today's guest is a writer and speaker committed to fighting for social justice. He has written over 100 essays and articles about racism, mass incarceration, politics, gender, tech, and business. His latest book, Straight Dope, a 360-degree look into American drug culture, explores why drugs are so entrenched in American society. He is a three-time TEDx speaker. His first talk, How I Overcame My Fear of Stuttering has been viewed over 320,000 times. His work has been featured in Salon, Black Enterprise, Harvard Business Review, and Al Jazeera. Please join me in welcoming Elron L. Barton. Hey, hey, what's going on, Robbie? How are you today, sir? Thanks for joining me from your place out in San Diego, California. Thrilled to have you here. As you know, this is a podcast about building strong networks, and the context is leadership. So tell me, how do you define leadership, and when did you realize you had the skills to lead? Um, for, for me, Robbie, it's a very good question. Uh, good morning to everyone out there. Um, I define leadership as being able to inspire, um, being able to listen, and being able to uh, sort of usher people in, uh, towards, a, towards a positive direction. I, I, I mean, that's what I would like to think leadership is uh also being 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 a model for people you know uh i always felt that the most effective leaders is something like something like them that my father told me he said um uh, you know when you when you're when, you, when you're in a leadership position never never tell someone to do something that you wouldn't do um and i knew that i was a leader when 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 my when when my work and and when my words started to just resonate with so many people, you know, it was something that I kind of ran away from Robbie because I I didn't want that responsibility. But you but you know to uh, to quote uh, um, you know uh, 
with great power comes comes great responsibility. That's a that's a Spider Man reference uh, for anyone. That's that's not cool. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I just decided I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I am a leader. So I I just began to slowly em- embrace it. Yeah, I can see that it's uh it's for you. It's definitely an action. Uh, right. It's moving people towards something. Absolutely, and it's a responsibility. Is what I'm also hearing, and it's one that you you were not sure you wanted. Yeah, you know, I I reluctantly grabbed onto it because I, I felt that I and 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 you know a lot of it was just sort of a self self confidence issue. I I felt that I was not. Um, you know, why should people be? Why should people be listening to me? You know, why should you know, why should I be someone out there? But like now it's just like, why, like, why not? Like, look at everything that you, that you've done. Look, look at where you come from. Look at what you do now. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely 100% down, uh, down to be a leader. Ron, this is actually great. Cause my segue is always, I, I always want to know more about people when they were younger. So when you were younger on the playground, you know, schoolyard, um, you know, high school, did you run for office? Were you outgoing? Were you kind of shy? Like what, what were you like as a kid? You know, I like as a kid, I, I was very, in, very in, inquisitive. So I always like to ask questions, but I also like to listen to people. Um, I, you know, was a humongous reader. Like I read, you know, if I was in the fourth grade, I read like seventh grade textbooks. Like, like, you know, I was that kid. Um, I, I, I ran for a, for a class president, um, position at, uh, at at one point i think it was like fifth grade but i didn't but i didn't get it because i didn't uh, apply at the uh at the correct time it was one of those things where it's like well you know if i apply late and uh and and, and i don't get it you know it's you know it's not that big of a deal right so it's like a half-hearted try but uh wasn't un- until i just i realized later that you know it doesn't matter if you win or lose like you know i mean you know you never truly lose you know, unless you just stop, you know, so, you know, it's, it, it, I, you know, I always say this, Robbie, like every day is, is, is another chance to turn it around, man. Mm. Every day. Trying to picture you. So you're this like book smart kid, loves reading, loves knowledge, loves listening to people, loves asking questions. You half-heartedly put your name in the hat for a leadership role in fifth grade, but you missed a deadline. So technically you exactly, didn't lose. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly, right. Exactly. No fault yeah. of your own that you didn't right. get a chance to really participate. Did you follow that up in future years? Like, did you did you take any more active roles later on? Did teachers see potential in you? You're here you are, this bright kid yeah. who's inquisitive. Um, like, did they take a liking to you and want to kind of shine the light on who you were? Yes, sir. So there were two really influential teachers in my, in, in my life. My uh, my fifth grade teacher, Miss 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 Larue, who was really awesome, and then my eleventh uh, and twelfth grade writing instructor, Stan Banks. Is like he's like a father figure to me. So you know they really natured. I'm sorry, nurtured um, my you know uh, my desires, my uh, my you know my you know my goals, my abilities, and uh, yeah, you know they were very uh, they were very important. Yeah, they saw a lot of potential, it sounds like. Now, when you were 12 years old or 13 years old, did you have any idea of what you wanted to be you know, in life? Was there, was there a career path based on what your family did or what you saw in your neighborhood? Like, what was the next possible step for you? You know, it's funny. Like, um, I wanted to, uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a, a, a stuntman because I always thought like that. I always thought like that that was cool. Right. And, and, and then, you know, and then, you know, that kind of faded out and kind of flirted with, uh, with being an astronaut. 
And my next role I wanted to do was I wanted to be a, a race car driver, uh, specifically uh, the uh, the indie guys, be, because they, you know, the indie cars always look cool. You, you know, just like they they just look so suave and so sharp and and they they were all handsome and they had these beautiful women and i was like oh man that looks that that, that looks cool but then finally i wanted to be a, well i wanted to be a writer you know i i wanted to be james joyce and so you know it's it's funny that it's funny that you know you mentioned this question because i was thinking about it yesterday um i have a love of ballet right i, I think ballet is so beautiful and so there's only two types of people that I'm a little envious of when I when I watch them, and that's men who are in ballet, and you know Lewis Hamilton, the winning F1 Indy driver. I'm a writer, so I'm not envious of any of any writers because I because I can do what they can do. But ballet dancers and and F1 Indy car drivers, I've, I've I've always been envious of them. So when I watch them, I'm living vicariously through them. I don't know that those two um, roles have ever been compared in a sentence before <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it's kind of new. No, you, it's just something like, you know, like, you know, like with ballet, man, it's so graceful. It's so beautiful. It's just so just like you're like you're in you're in trance. I mean, for me, I'm in trance when when I watch it because there's just so much preparation, so much, you know, attention to detail. And it's just you know, as a writer, I love writing poems. And so I really do believe that more, more than any physical art, I believe that that is human poetry. And it's just, it's gorgeous. Like I'll, I'll go to the ballet any, any, anytime straight up. Well, it does seem like all the things you were hoping to be and all the things you're envious of have a lot of physicality in them, right? Like being, being a, an astronaut, an indie driver, right? Like what was the first thing you were going to be? Um, a stuntman. A stuntman, right? It's totally yeah. physical. And right, then yeah. you end up with this role in life where you're having an impact, but your stage is, is your brain. Yeah, where it's just, just like, you know, um, I'm, I'm t- I'm, I mean, like, you know, I, you know, I love to work out, but I'm totally not like a physical dude. Like, you know, like, I don't I mean, the, the only sport I ever really ever really played was uh, was like cross country running. You know, like, you know, any any type of like physical stuff. I'm like, mm, I'm cool. Yeah. What turned you on to writing? It was just something that was just very, just very natural to me, man. I mean, it's it's the easiest thing I know how to do. It's it's my favorite thing that I know how to do. It's the best thing that that I know how to do. Like it's one of those things where, um, you know, in my household, like you know, all of us were artists. I mean, you know, my grandfather, you know, rest in peace to him. You know, he was a great painter as well as a great builder. Uh, my mother read ferociously like you know, my grandmother read read ferociously uh my my brother was uh, was a really good illustrator my my uh my aunt she's a baker but uh but she could also draw so it's just i believe that uh that artistry was not only like sort of like in us but it was also encouraged mm-hmm. like you know my mother en- encouraged en- encouraged me to write and i just always thought that you know i i say this a lot robbie but there's nothing more beautiful than a pencil and a clean sheet of paper, you know, because like you can, because you can do any, anything with it. It's, well, it's the some people might, thing. I'm not sure what I could do with it. I have, I have one of my kids is super into uh, drawing. He's seven and I, 
he could just get lost in it and create things. And I right, love right. encouraging that. Yeah, like you said there's some innate talent and you need the right environment to really flourish, which it sounds like you had that kind of that foundation. Yeah. Were definitely. you fortunate to go to college? Did you go right to work? Like how did you take this writing into a next step? So it's, it's, it's a great question. So um, I went to a creative writing high, uh, high school, uh, Paseo Academy uh, in Kansas City. I was in a creative writing program. Um, I didn't think so. There's two reasons why I didn't go out and pursue writing. For one, I didn't think that I was good enough. And secondly, uh, my, my mother, she's like, hey, listen, um, you know, you're in graduating high school, um, you know, go to college. But, you know, I, 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 I want you to do something that you can that you can sort of sort of sort of support yourself. I don't want you to be living on the beach in a tent. So I put the writing to, to the side, Robbie, and I started uh, working in so I started doing computers. So I like delved into IT and. You know, the thing about life is that we're always, you know, like uh, Jay-Z always says, well, all of us, you know, each, each, each and every one of us has a genius level talent. And, you know, we're, we're all made to do one thing, right? And so it was like, for me, like writing was always there. And I was like, yo, like, you know, when am I gonna commit to, to actually not only, you know, write a book, but actually writing articles. And so it wasn't until 2013 that uh, I that I that that I that I did that, and I, and I and I published my first book, which is straight dope. Yeah, it's ten years now. That's amazing. That's that's a, a longevity. Yeah, no, <laughs> man. I like you know, it's uh, it's, it's the the tenth year an anniversary, which is which is kind of wild, but yeah. So you uh, you basically had the the nine to five IT role that was you know kind of. Which is great. A lot of people need that. Right? You need some stability, and income, regular regular income. But you didn't really. You never completely forgot about or let go of the writing in your life. It kept calling to no, you. No, no. Um, I mean, no, man. I mean, like you know, I. You know, again, like that's something that I will never stop. I'm, I, I mean, you know, I take breaks, but just for the most part, man. Like I'm writing something probably almost every almost every day. So, I'd love to hear more about the topics you choose. Um, they're all, they're all like very important, very now, very, you know, difficult, uh, topics and your first book before the book came out, were you already writing articles in these topics? No. So, uh, yeah, uh, what that? uh, uh, no, uh, uh, no. So, you know, um, uh, no, so, you know, that's a really inter uh, interesting, uh, question. Um, so, so, so the reason why that I, I chose the, uh, chose, chose that, that topic so one of my favorite writers is a guy by the name of, of Studs, of Studs Terkel. If you have not read any Studs books, shame on you. Studs, what he would do is that he would pick a he 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 would pick a topic. You know, one of uh you know like uh the first book I ever read of his is that uh hope hope dies last. And what it was is that the topic was you know life post nine eleven, right? And so all studs does is he goes around and he just simply inter interviews people. And, you know, then, you know, he will just sort of like edit the interview. And, you know, what I found from, from, from studs so much, Robbie, is just how, um, how open of, of an interviewer he, he was, just how candid these, these people were. I was like, wow. I mean, like, there's a, uh, like, there's an art to not only, 
talking with people, but eliciting like a sort of simpler, like a response. And so a lot of times writers, they will, unfortunately, they will uh, insert themselves into uh, a question and into a piece. And that's one thing like that, that studs didn't, didn't do. And so I was like, well, you know, I want to write a book like that. And so, you know, my first book, I just wanted to ask a question, like, why are drugs everywhere like this? And, you know, where I, you know, where I grew up, you know, Robbie, uh, Kansas City, South South 63rd Street, drugs were a common occurrence. And so I just wanted to get a full, clear view. You know, that's why in the book, that's why the part of the title is like a 360 view. So I not only talk to drug dealers and drug addicts, but but also people who are in recovery, teachers, people who, um, you know, counselors, uh, people who have been affected by drugs. And, you know, I think the book turned out pretty well. Sounds very powerful to to highlight all these very personal stories, people who are impacted, people who are trying to help those people, people who have yeah. been helped and helping others like um, to just shed some light on that conversation. And of course, uh, the opioid crisis has only gotten worse in our country Absolutely, since 2013 man. and everyone is impacted. It's no longer just something that's happening no. in, in cities. It's, I mean, literally you can't get away from drugs in our country. So your question, I think it's still a good question. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is this happening? And who is it, who's being targeted um, most being impacted the most uh, disproportionately? So, uh, did that then lead to you speaking on that topic? Like, how did that go from you taking on this sort of almost a challenging writing project? Like you right. put yourself out there to, to, you know, go and be the interviewer and gather these right. stories, but then to go from that to you being on stage, how does so, that transition happen? Man, it's a uh, very long, it's a, uh, gosh, what is the Sheryl Crow song? Uh, every day is a winding road. <laughs> You know, I, you know, got, got a shout out Cheryl. Uh, she, she's a Missouri girl. So, you know, I'm, I'm from Kansas city. So after I did straight dope, I began to write for a publication called, well, actually like the first, so I, I wrote for the, for, for the good men project, you know, it's, you know, oh, yeah. it's a good web, it's a good website. Um, uh, no, have you ever heard of it? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, they talk a lot about, uh, you know, men's issues, men's issues. And so the, believe the, the, the first piece that I wrote about was um, was um, a piece about uh, it, 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 I think it was called like chasing Christina, you know, like uh, why I gave up on being a player. So I, I, you know, I began to write about essays up, 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 about myself, uh, you know, my, my relationship with my father. Um, then I partnered with a young lady and we wrote an, an investigative article for, for Buzzfeed about the killing of this young man in, in San Jose. So, you know, that was really, that was really awesome. Um, and, and then, you know, my first big, first big piece I wrote was called, uh, I believe it was called 10 things about being black in America. And it, and it was the first time something, something of mine went, 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 went viral. And, you know, it just, and, you know, it just blew up and, and then from there, Robbie, I just began just you know, like writing about race from the from the perspective of black men in 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 America. Now, right now, regarding the stage, I had always wanted to do a TEDx. You know, that was I'm sorry, you, you like you know do a TED talk. Like that was one of my biggest goals in in life was 
I want to do a TED talk. I, I don't know how, but, you know, and so I um, put it out in the universe, you know, God, you know, got hurt. And so I was found this, this guy who had a newsletter. It, it would come out every, every week, you know, this TEDx uh, is accepting applications. This, this TEDx is accepting app, app, app applications. And so I, uh, I, I, I applied and uh, I wanted to, I, I was like, what is the one thing that, and that is the most personal thing to me? And it, and it was like, well, you know, it's my stutter. And, you know, my, you know, my ex-fiance, she, you know, she would ask me, you know, why don't you write about that? I was like, you know, not right now, you know, it's not the time. And so, you know, the, the, the good folks at TEDx Wilson Park accepted me. I didn't even know where Wilson Park was found out it was in it was in Florence, Alabama, in the Shoals. Didn't think that I'd ever make it to Alabama to, to Alabama like ever, but uh, but like you know made it down there, and uh, you know it was a very pivotal moment in my in my life, you know, because it, it showed me that I could do anything that I wanted to do, and um, you know it's it's a you know was and was an amazing experience that just really just opened up every everything else. You it sounds like a through line of your story is that you put yourself out there. Absolutely. 100%. Even the, um, the early successes that you had getting to write for the good men project right? and getting to write for Buzzfeed, those, those are aspirational goals for everybody right. else. And you were just rattling them off as like, yeah, and then I do this, then I do this, but like, you know what, man? Yeah. It's a, it's crazy. Right. I mean, it's like, so I have a thing, Robbie, like that, that, uh, that I like to do, uh, it's called the big ask. Right. And so I try to do a big ask, like almost every, almost every day where it's like, you know, I just, you know, I just ask, Hey, uh, Hey, can I do this? Hey, can I taste it? Hey, can I be a part of this? You know, because, you know, and, 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 and again, like, you know, you know, like you know, my ex fiance, she's so good about just like asking, Hey, if you don't ask and you don't, you know, you don't know, you know, there was a point where I was at, Oh, I was at this restaurant. I, I, uh, I did a chef's table. Right. And, you know, for those who don't know uh, what a chef's table is, is like you sit at this specific table for the chefs and you watch them prepare food and they serve you a specific uh, me menu. So, so, you know, while we're kind of hanging out eating, um, I saw that uh, that the chefs were preparing these these sliders. And I and, and I just asked one of them, I was like, hey, um, can I have one of those? Uh, and, and, and they were like, yeah. And, and, and so, you, you know, it, it just showed me that like, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to be bold, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to just, um, say, Hey, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to try this, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to ask and, you know, you know, you, you know, you can't be, you know, you can't be afraid of failure because, you know, we're all going to fail. I'm, I, I mean, look, look, you know, I, I've, you know, I have a stutter, right? So I've stuttered in front of people and I failed miserably. Like my, my, one of my high school projects was to write a play and the play was so bad. The actors laughed at the dialogue. Like, so it's like, yo, like, you know, um, I've, you know, I've been made fun of. So it's, so it's to the point now where, you know, not a lot of stuff can, uh, can phase me. So I'm, I'm just like, Oh, I'm just like, okay. All right. You know, next, you know, man, being a black man in America, uh, raised in the city uh, with a stutter, the amount of resilience you have. <laughs> and then on top of that, being a writer, which is right. an art form that gets more rejection letters and acceptance. Man, lots. Oh, oh my goodness. You know, like my first, 
my first book, uh, Rob, Robbie, I got like 29 rejection letters and, and, and I got, and, and I got one maybe. And I was like, you know, let me just post this myself. So, you know, you have to, you have to like trudge on. I mean, you know, it gets tough. I mean, you know, you know, you know, people saying, you know, this idea does, doesn't, doesn't work. I, I mean, it, it gets tough, but it's like at the end of the day, you know, you got to just brush yourself off and just, you know, keep moving, you know? Yeah. So, uh, how, how do the people in your life sort of react to the, all these things you're doing? Like, how have you attracted the community, the support, the people that help fill in the gaps of things that are not your expertise as you were building this into a business? You know, where do those people come from? Did you already know entrepreneurs, for instance, like and writers and no, no, no. So, you know, a, a lot of it is just simply uh, tri trial by fire, right? I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're, you know, we're just, you know, move, I mean, we're, we're sort of operating on, on faith and also operating on that, you know, for one, I know God has, I know God has my back, but also too, like, let's just put ourselves out there. Um, I began, once I did the TEDx, Robbie, I, I said like, okay, I'm, pretty good at this be, be, because there's a certain way that you know i give a speech there's a certain way that i that i that i write i talk the way that i write and so you know i i you know, like my 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 hero malcolm x he always said make it plain right and so i always thought that he was really brilliant because he was able to convey a very complex idea very simply and 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 not only simple sim simply robbie but in a way that everyone can under can understand by just by using like layman language. Listen, we can use words like so, like you know, we can use fancy words like you know, apathy, sub subterfuge, but like you know, we can also say, oh, oh, you know, the the, the person doesn't care or they're trying to trick. I mean, just I mean, just just basically like since I'm a communicator, I want to be able to make sure that everyone understands what I what I'm saying, and my argument is is being put across so after 2018 you know and the tedx just it was just starting to blow up you know i would be contacted from uh different people within the stuttering realm and you know i was like you know yo, i think i can do this so i hired a biz a business coach um uh aaron sanchez you know pretty awesome shooting person she she showed me the power of linkedin and the power of networking and you know from there i uh i had to um i had to approach networking from in in a way that felt good for me and i think that that is a very important you know thing like you know many you know many times we have to approach different situations in a way that fits us mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to hear some examples of the activity she had you doing because I'm I'm guessing up to that point networking uh, wasn't a big you know no part I of mean, your life. <laughs> I hated it, bro. Um, I hated it, Robbie. Like I, I, I like I always thought networking was this stiff thing. You know, you're going to a mixer. Hi, yeah, exactly. Hi, my name is Laurent. This is this is my car. You do what? Like you're like it's almost like you're you're just gonna talk to somebody just just off of something like that they can do for you and, and it's just it was so transactional it just it felt so phony and so you know what i so what i did was i reimagined it into just building community so you know let me um 
let, you know, let me get to know people that do things that I do or that do things that I'm interested in. You know, let me work with people that who I think that that they are good, that they are good people. And, and, and I can say my my networking is not transactional. Like many people that I build with will will probably never do business, but that's OK. Like, you know, um, for me, it's all about supporting folks like, you know, if I see you doing doing some fly stuff, if, if, if I see you doing something awesome, then, you know, I'm going to share. I'm I'm going to tell somebody about it. I'm going to, you know, mention you and, you know, one of and, you know, one of my articles like, you know, it's I always like to look at it like like this, Robbie. It's all about being in a place of abundance, not being in a place of, of scarcity. And that is what I think is wrong with networking today. It's transactional, but also it's like, well, I can't work with this person because they because they may take what I'm trying to get. And it's like there's so much room for everyone. You know? Yeah, yeah I, I 100% agree with you. Um, thus, I host this show. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it, it is kind of amazing to hear from where you started uh, and what you've gone through that you have this very abundant outlook on life. You know, I call it the philosophy of abundance. And my mother, um, years ago, just like 15 years ago, she would say, you know, you, you keep giving away your time, you know, I would meet with right. people in coffee shops to help them out and stuff. And I said, well, it's like giving rides to the airport. This was my example for her. Uh, you only give a ride to the airport to someone that you consider, you know, a friend or a colleague, like you're close enough and you have to have the resource of a car and time. And that person would consider what you're doing a favor. And if you absolutely regularly give rides to the airport, um, then one day you'll need one. And not only will you get one, but it's probably from someone who didn't actually get a ride from you, but has right. witnessed how you show up in the world. And so for you, it's similar, right? You show up in the world in a really abundant way. You collaborate, you support. Um, and I love that you had this teacher, Aaron Sanchez, to guide you into that way of relating to people, which felt much more natural to you than the. You know, Absolutely, man. It has to feel good, right? You know, and and it has to be or it has to be or organic. It has to be something that, you know, you just it's just it just feels good, man. And and like you know, mind you, there has to be boundaries, right? So, you know, now that I mean, and, and I, I I've done so much stuff for free, right? You know, now I'm just like, you know what? Is it? is this, is this worth me creating like a video? Like, for example, I'm not going to throw this organization out there, but, but, but they wanted me to do like a master's class video for free. And I was like, well, so you want me to record it? You want me to edit it? And then you want me to send it to you and let, and let you approve it or, 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 or not. And I was just like, I, I did one draft. They didn't like it. They was like, Hey, can you come back? And, and, and I was like, you know what? I'm not getting paid for this. Like, I mean, again, like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm all about sharing, but it's like, also don't try to take free labor. You like, mm -hmm. you, like you, you know, you know what I mean? So I, you know, it, 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 it it's a fine, it's a fine line. And That's so what I was just thinking, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, it, 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 and again, Robbie, as a, as a, as I said earlier, you know, it's, uh, it's about learning. Like I used to do so many like free calls and, and just like, you know, sit on the phone with folks. And, but now I'm just like, you know what? Um, I'll give you 15 minutes. And, and, and then after that, you know, this is, you know, this is, this is my rate because people, 
people will take advantage of you if you uh, if you let them you know which is which is sad so are there any um like when you think about staying in touch like you've got your inner right. circle of people yeah. and then you have your i always think of like a second and third layer sure. out or tier right. out and uh, could be someone you worked with five years ago that you've lost touch or someone you see once a year at a conference these are people i should mention that you like <laughs> they like you right. you enjoy each other uh, any habits, philosophies, or practices for how you might stay in touch and nurture that sort of wider network? You know, um, I, you know, for uh, for me, uh, the the people that I work with on a on a regular basis, we constantly interface. Um, relationships take effort; they must be nurtured. <clears throat> I mean, that's especially like business relationships. You know, that's something that I uh, that I learned, Robbie. I think that just you know send you know send a message hey what's going on how are you just you know one touch base so, see uh see how you're doing see what's up like i spoke with uh spoke with someone that i uh back in october that i that i'd heard from in like in like two years but like we just had an awesome conversation and so you you know it it's helpful and it's worth it to if someone's a good person if if y'all have had a good working relationship just you know, pop in and just see, just send an email. See, you have uh, a, a list of people like it. that that you try to stay in touch with, or no, uh, no, I do not, and that is something that I that I do need to work on, though. But yeah, uh, that's a that's a really good idea, Robbie. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about this because um, I've always I've tried using various CRMs like relationship management systems, right. databases, and they always get bloated with right, not right. the right people. And right. I started using, uh, this is not an ad folks, <laughs> but I started using postable.com. Right. They have Postable. a free online address book. And for a while I was collecting addresses from like my podcast guests. And then right. I wasn't doing anything with them. <laughs> and then one day I was like, oh, I, now that I have addresses, like I can send cards. And so at first it was just like random. Now it's like every month I go through a couple times a month and I send birthday cards. If someone mentions that they're moving, I, I ask the new address and I'm a welcome home card. Totally, yeah. Like That's little awesome. things like that. Yeah. And now I realize the, touch, the, the list of people on this address book, these are the people that I want to be like holding up, highlighting, talking about, right. sharing their stuff. Like, and if they're if I'm not, then why are they on the list? Right. You know what, man? Like I, that's, gosh, that's such a good, that's such a good comment. Like I started to sort of prune like uh, my Instagram, right? You're like, I, I was like, why am I following this person? Why am I doing like, you know, especially like, you know, when, when you are always the one reaching out, when they don't re respond back to you, like it's again, like, you know, we, we have such a finite time uh, in our, you know, in our lives to, to really do something. So you have to, have people around you that are willing to put in the same effort and same energy as you do and so if you're not i'm so like you know if you know if they're you know if they're not then like why why do it like you're like you know you like you why you know why keep them around i mean you know there's there you know there's so many other people that you know you can that you know you can get in contact with yeah i feel like your uh big ask approach to life your willingness to to ask for what you need and to to sort of say, well, why not? And just right, put it yeah. out there. I think that relates back to this conversation too about people and relationships reaching out. Even if it's been a little bit of time, it seems like a lot of people talk themselves out of reaching out, even though there's a good relationship. Absolutely. Uh, you know what, man, listen, like, you know, 
we cannot like our you know i'll you know I always say this Rob, Rob, robbie like our desire for victory has has to be greater than our fear of failure and so you you you, you know and like why not you like you like so i i spoke with was speaking at a at a at a high school last month and you know i you know i asked the kids i was like how how many people has asked for something and they uh and they've been told no and and you know people raise their hands up and i was like and but you're still alive right you uh you, you know you know what i mean if you know what i mean everything's still working right so 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 it's like why why be afraid to ask and you know for like i'll give you a great example i uh did a i, I did a podcast uh, for uh for slate and slate is an organization i've been wanting to, i've been wanting to write for for quite a bit quite a while in years you know i would pitch them stuff i would never hear back so the person that interviewed me for slate i, I asked him you know after the interview i was like hey like you know I've, I've been wanting to write with you guys for a long time do you do you have someone that i uh, that i can talk with directly she said yeah introduced me to uh, to a writer by the name of tori we collaborated on a project and you know i got published so it's just that you have to you can't be afraid not to ask put yourself out there like you know we you know we can't be afraid of uh, of, of ridicule because the people that are that are going to ridicule you are more than likely people that don't have the stones to do what you're doing right there i mean it says more about them and their insecurity absolutely, absolutely. yeah absolutely so i was taking a moment i wanted to look back to see you and i connected in uh it looks like march 2020 Right. Which is remarkable um, when the world was like changing dramatically. Right. March yeah, 19, exactly. 2020, you wow. reached out to me on LinkedIn and, you know, we had these random like you wish me happy birthday. I sent information about what I do. I thank you for that. You know, wish me happy birthday again. Like we, we didn't have a lot of back and forth conversation, but we're on each other's radar. Right. And right. Constantly. Right. You know, like little things are happening and I'm now seeing what you're doing in life. And here you are, um, you know, on my show a couple of years later. Right. So I think that um, sometimes it takes a while to get on people's radar, get on people's pages, but to not give up, because if you had not reached out initially, we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. And that would be a miss. Yeah. You know, man, like some, like sometimes things, things take time to nurture, right? I mean, I mean, you know, but if you plant that seed, like, you know, if you, you know, if you stay in front of people's faces, I'm, I mean, you know, and, and, and if you express a desire, like, I just like, I just liked, I liked your vibe, you know, you, you know what I mean? And I, and I just thought, you know, you were, I just thought, you know, you were positive. And I was like, well, you know, well, you know, he's, he's got a show. It, it sounds, it sounds cool. I would love to be a part of that. And I just feel like that, you know, we, you, you know, you can, so I apply to be a part of this, uh, this writing or, uh, to, to write for this magazine that I had, that I had read since, since I was a child. Right. I mean, just like, you know, it's one of my biggest goals. <laughs> and so, you know, um, I'll just say it, Rolling Stone, right. So out there, we yeah, never know right. who knows somebody. Exactly. Right. So, Rolling Stone has has a community uh, has 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 some sort of like business community program, right? Say so, so you know I you know I apply for, 
I got I got denied. So I was like, oh, so I was like, oh, so I was like, okay, why am I being denied? I I know that I'm I know that my skills far outweigh what is what is needed. So I so I so I applied again, and you know I got you know I got a favorable res- response. I decided not to pursue the uh, the the opportunity because I just felt that with what they were asking for, it, it just it just wasn't gonna it just wasn't gonna match up. But I say that to say that we can't let one denial stop us. You 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 know what like if you apply for a job and if you don't get that and you know and if you don't get that position wait wait a little bit and uh and apply again you like you know it's it, yeah I, I mean you know we uh there has to be this level of um of just um ag- aggressiveness persistence exactly there has to be a level of persistence that. If you want something, you have to keep moving towards it. Uh, I want to give a shout out actually here to my friend, Blake Fly. Um, Blake Fly uh, is a master of, you know, putting himself out there and making great connections. Been on nine TEDx stages. Wow. He's never applied to a single one. Um, He just gets invited. But uh, he's also at the big ask and about the long shot. And um, we're, we're in a group together right now that he's running. And uh, just today, he said, in three weeks, we're going to meet and we're going to be all talking about our rejection letters. So you've right. got to go out there and you've got to go collect some rejection letters worth talking about. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like gamification of making those asks and knowing right. that you're going to get some no's, but you can't stop. Like that can't what st- be what stops you. Now, right. I wanted to shift gears a little bit here because we're coming in the close. And sure. uh, one of my favorite questions, Lauren, to ask everybody is, you know, a year from now when we're hanging out, catching up, talking about, whoa, I can't believe it's been a year since we did this interview. Uh, I want to know what we're going to be toasting for you a year from now. What are you most looking forward to in the year ahead? Yeah. What successes? Um, so um, <clears throat> not to give too much of it away, but I'm going to be, in the first quarter you're going to be speaking at a, a very prestigious educational institution. So I'm, you know, really excited about that. Um, I'm also going, going to be starting a charity, uh, this year is something that, you know, I've been wanting to do for a long, for, for a long time. And, um, I hope to have been published. Um, you know, I, 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 I want to write for a GQ Esquire. I still want to write for Rolling Stone. I said, I still want to write for the Atlantic. Just, I, you know, just, I, 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 I want to go to that next level. So, you know, those are, those are, those are three things that we will definitely be toasting about. I cannot wait to celebrate all of that with you. Thank wow. You, Big goals. Love it. The world will appreciate you for it. How can people up. find you and follow yes. your work? Yeah. Um, um, you know, uh, my website, www.laronbarton.com. That's L-E-R-O-N-B-A-R-T-O-N.com. You know, has links to uh, to most of my writing, my TEDx's, uh, my podcast inter- interviews. I just, you know, really, you know, really cool pictures um, uh, uh, um, of me, like, you know, but I mean, like, uh, just, yeah, like, you know, that's the central hub for for everything that is Logan Barton. Uh, I'm also on, link- on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely accessible. You know, I'm always up for a for a great conversation. You know, ex- exchange of ideas. Let's just keep it uh, clean, no nasty grams. So, that's, well, that's really- everyone should reach out to you and tell you something they appreciate about today's show because you dropped a lot of great knowledge. 
great storytelling. Really appreciate getting a chance to know you. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, have a great day. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Laurent. What is your key takeaway? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 321. That's also where you'll find all the links and resources from today's show, as well as all the archived episodes. Reach out and let me know which were your favorite interviews. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with that one friend you know would love to hear it. Subscribe or follow for free so you don't miss next week's show. Are you a fan? That's awesome. I'd love to read your review. Thank you in advance and look forward to connecting again next week. We'll be interviewing another talent professional who's achieved success in their field or industry. I'll ask probing questions to get them to share untold stories about their leadership journey and how they built and sustained their professional network. Until then, have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.